0: F1 wrapped last week, and the countdown clock to next year's race has already begun. It's no surprise a bunch of strip resorts celebrated the decision to go all in on the big race. But how much of it is the sort of hype that would have come regardless of what happened on the ground? And how do the other casinos feel about it? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we talk with Jonathan Jossel. He's the CEO of The Plaza, a big downtown hotel casino outside the F1 loop. Together, we get into the real numbers of economic impact, the over-the-top headlines the day after the race, how the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority plays into it all, and what lessons are there to make events like F1 better for the entire city. <music> It's Wednesday, November 29th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Jonathan Jostle, welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks for having me back, David. Good to be here. Jonathan, I'm going to read a couple of headlines for you that came out the day after the big race, and I just want to get your reaction. The RJ wrote Resort leaders concur. F1 was the best Las Vegas event in history. Bloomberg, why Formula One was a wild success in Las Vegas despite ticket slump. And then from Road and Track, oh, the good Road and Track people. Casinos are very happy with the Las Vegas Grand Prix. So what do you think about those headlines?
1: Well, I think um, I think sort of two things can be true at once. I did go to the F1 race, and as a spectacle for the city, I think it was spectacular. I think they did a great job. The race itself was great. If you're an F1 fan, many people commented it was the most exciting race of the year. The race itself was really, really cool. I watched it from the Bellagio fountains. Uh, and in terms of an overall experience, you have some of the best looking people in the world, amazing food, amazing drinks, You got the fountain shooting off, you got the cars flying by, you got all the landmarks of Las Vegas. In many ways, that was pretty amazing to see. That was very, very cool. And I think uh, if you're just focusing purely on that experience, it, look is it the best event Vegas ever had? No. Uh, is it a really, wait, wait. Really...
0: I was ready to just say, thank you, Jonathan Jossel. We'll see you next time. You have some more thoughts on those <laughs> headlines. Well, because, because, when, because if you ask me
1: more directly, what did it do for people's business or what did it do to other t- tourism? That's a different question. Did it attract some very high-end business to Las Vegas? Yes. Was it the best event in the history of Las Vegas? No.
0: <laughs> well, and that's the thing is I want to extract out... That hyperbolic, like, the best ever consensus, you know, what would your headline be? Like, what would your legitimate, measured, thoughtful headline about the race be?
1: Uh, Something to the effect
0: of, like, the cars
1: soared, but the business didn't. Boom. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's hard to say that, though, because, again, if, if you just talk to the high-end operators, they had a great weekend and they maybe didn't sell out their hotels. They definitely did. None of them sold out their hotels. None of them had their record F&B visitation, although some of those restaurants Wait. did very well. But I'm talking as Wait. a whole.
0: They're, they're saying they did. They're saying that they had record weekends, that it's never been better in, in their talking,
1: history. Uh, well, look, they're talking purely about high-end gaming spend at table games primarily. That's really what this is driven down to. And, yes... In, in, in any business, they'll tell you that revenue papers many cracks. So mm-hmm. if you have the high-end business and you have the high-end guys who are betting astronomical table uh, limits, it's a great thing for the city. You need that. Here's the problem. You can't call it a citywide if only the four high-end properties on the strip benefit because two of those corporations have uh, eight to ten or whatever it is other properties that did not benefit. From the from the F1. Downtown certainly didn't benefit. If you go south or local markets, they didn't benefit. Although locals might have actually seen more locals because they stayed away from downtown. Yeah. What 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 the what the answer to all of this is, is and I and when I went on the record of speaking about this earlier on my podcast, I hadn't had the uh, benefit of having attended the race itself. So the spectacle wasn't yet there for me to see. But when I went to the race, I saw the spectacle, I saw the crowd of people that I thought was an excellent crowd for the high-end destination Las Vegas business. But what you have to figure out a way to do is to make this race mainstream and truly call it a citywide. What's great about NFR, which is, by the way, the best event in the history of Las Vegas, or- that be the, the
0: National Finals Rodeo.
1: The National Finals Rodeo, or even EDC or Con Expo or CES, some of the other biggest citywide events, is that people can come to those events and if, you're, if you want to come to Las Vegas and not attend that event, that's okay. You don't feel like airfares quadruple the price. You don't feel like the streets are all going to be closed. Traffic's going to be a nightmare. No Ubers, no taxis. That's the brand, unfortunately, that came with F1. So what happened was a lot of people that are huge F1 fans or the high-end customer came, but the mass didn't come because they were scared of the traffic or the pricing or the inconveniences that came with the race. That's what I think the LBCVA and the other operators are going to have to figure out so that they actually can make this perhaps the best event in the history of Las Vegas.
0: Well, I'm curious. I mean, you have a very unique vantage. You did go to the race. As you say, you enjoyed it very much. But you're also the CEO of a, of a big property. What did the plaza look like during F1 weekend?
1: it's not just the plaza. I can, I can't speak to anyone's names in particular because they may not want me to speak about them. But if you talk to anyone that wasn't in the heart of the race or at the higher end, even if you were in the heart of the race, but not at the higher end level, everyone had what in many ways is one of the slower weekends of the entire year. And, and, and maybe for us, I can speak specific to us. It was one of the slowest weekends we've had in four years since COVID, three years, three years since COVID. The, the, Issue with the event when you see like EDC, usually the days leading into it and the days after it are slow because what happens is uh, you have a transition in basically the demographic in the city. With F1, we had that transition, but nobody ended up coming to us into downtown. So you really had low occupancy, lower spend in all of our outlets, lower gaming spend. It was it was challenged, and and not everyone's going to speak openly about this at this stage because I think it is good to protect. The brand of F1, it should be a great thing for our city. But let's call it what it was. It wasn't a good weekend for our business, downtown.
0: So I was all over downtown during that you know whole week, and it was like a ghost town. Why did downtown suffer so much when the race course wasn't even there? Wouldn't people, you think, go to downtown to escape whatever it is they didn't want to deal with over at the Strip?
1: Well, there's, there's two parts to that, though. It wasn't just downtown. I mean, you can ask anybody to send you videos of I don't know restaurants, maybe at Stratosphere. Maybe, oh, that is technically downtown Sahara. Just work your way up from the bottom, right? Go to some of the nightclubs, even in the places like the Virgin Hotel. Some of the restaurants in in Mandalay Bay. Tell me what you saw because it wasn't just downtown that those videos are. Those videos are out there for everyone to see. Even even closer to the bottom of the racetrack, where there was Harris. but you can go to other places and you'll see videos from all of these places that weren't packed. So it wasn't just downtown. It was it was far and away many, many places that were not busy at all. The feedback I got from a lot of our customers that usually come this time of year was, look, Jonathan, I don't want to go there when your rates are too high. So we were all guilty of raising our rates too high, thinking that everyone was going to bring 300,000 people for sure. Everyone, everyone was a victim of that myth that 300,000 people were coming regardless. They weren't. Uh, and so we all raise our rates way too high. So one guest said, we don't want to come then." But the bigger feedback I got was, I'll just come next week when the Strip is open. I can drive. I can get an Uber. Airfares normalized." If you're, look how many shows went dark because they weren't having any business. If you wanted to come to Vegas, even if you like to go downtown, you still visit the Strip for a show or for dinner or for something. That was not the weekend to do it. So again, it's, a, it's, a, it's an education process and to tell people that it was okay. You could have gone to see shows. You could have gone to other restaurants. And uh, perhaps if the F1 season wasn't already decided and the winner of the race wasn't already decided, maybe a few more F1 fans would have come. But, it, but we talked about this at length with Jeremy Aguero, and, the, and he's been a part of bringing the, the analysis for the race to happen here. Vegas needs three hundred to 350,000 people to fill up. And what I was told is approximately, including the teens and the sponsors, 100,000 people came. For the F1. So, mm-hmm. only a third of what we needed came to town.
0: Or what was problem. being promised, let's be real. Oh, yeah, I mean, they right, were saying those right. were the numbers and everyone relied on it. And then what you're saying, and I've heard it from other people too, is that the numbers just aren't as as sunny as they thought they were going to be.
1: Correct. But the issue is, even if only 100,000 people came, that's still a good size event. You can't make it so that everyone else doesn't want to come as well. That was right, the problem. Right. So, we yeah. have to make this a city-wide event. Thank you
0: Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas' most talked-about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist, Steve Do you you think LVCVA is maybe a little too hyper-focused on the heart of the strip and that maybe they didn't, in going all in on F1, take into account the needs of the downtown properties like the plaza?
1: Um, No, I think they believed that this was just going to be a citywide success and 300,000 people were coming and it was going to be a huge, huge ticket for all of us. And I do think that if you look at the inconvenience it caused to workers, I mean, just look at, the, again, this is not Jonathan speaking. This is just look at social media, look at what people are saying. If you look at the inconvenience that it caused to the city, to other businesses, to employees, to locals, there is a genuine level of frustration. So by come, if they come out and said, oh, by the way, it wasn't good, then, then then that doesn't look like it was worth it. But if you come out and say it was great, then I think as a city, maybe people rally behind it.
0: And if you come out and say it was super great, maybe the county commission would feel more at ease to give them $40 million more in public funds. Your
1: words, not mine.
0: No, those are my words. And I really can't get off this LVCVA thing because it just seems so weird. But I also feel like they, they are only talking about stuff going on the Strip. And if they're for all of Las Vegas, does sometimes downtown not feel like it's the you know redheaded stepchild well, no offense to redheads or stepchild
1: no they do a lot to promote Fremont street experience they do a lot to help with other events and 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 when i talked to some other people that you know maybe didn't share my uh well they all shared my uh take on it but didn't think that um we should worry that much at downtown was particularly uh, not included there's a feeling of well look uh nfr national finals rodeo nascar these are big events that they helped put on and they've done a great job over the years of helping to promote downtown. Give this a chance.
0: Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll let you off the hook on that, but I I don't know that the County commission will let the LVCVA off the hook when it comes down to that. Uh, Let's see. Yeah. We'll see. Did you see any County commissioners over at the F1 race? I'm curious. I did not, but again, I was in
1: one, I was in one very specific area. Mm -hmm. um, And so I wasn't, I wasn't there. And, and, look, I've been to events around the world. The hospitality was world-class. I mean, it was it was an impressive level of hospitality. And uh, I know high-end hotels on the Strip that gave free tickets to YouTubers and Instagrammers, and they were giving away hotel rooms and free tickets to the race. So it wasn't, again, this wasn't mass market by any means. This was just the high-end gamblers covered a lot of the cracks that came with this event.
0: Yeah. I want to move on to something else. It was kind of like a in another interesting angle that came out of F1 or at least an outcome of F1 is what many are calling uh, the historic success of the culinary union's negotiation with the strip casinos. There was the looming possibility of a, a strike, at least that was coming out of culinary, and it was going to be timed right around F1. Uh, that had to scare those casino owners. I understand that the downtown properties, the plaza included, are... Coming up on negotiations with the culinary, that five-year contracts ended. So, are you worried that maybe the Super Bowl is going to be your F one in negotiations?
1: No, no, I would be surprised if it's not resolved long before then. Um, they, they generally need to settle with the strip first, and then they come to downtown. We haven't got a draft of a contract yet, but. Uh, I have a pretty good idea of obviously where everyone else landed up and where I think we're going to land up, and so I don't necessarily uh, think it'll make it to Super Bowl. I do think Super Bowl will be the biggest event in the history of Las Vegas. There you go. It's worth
0: print and, that headline uh, and, right now. And, and,
1: and I can tell you that occupancy already is looking great. It's going to be. It's it's going. To, that's going to be a dramatic success. And uh, again, it's easier though because you've got the American population that understands it versus trying to educate them on f1 oh and by the way i just saw yesterday the tickets for the f1 race in vegas were almost four times what they were they started out almost four times what they were for an f1 race in europe yeah so again you got to make this th- th- there's just so many things that could have been done better but i do think that the, to go back to your culinary question that will be resolved a long time before the super bowl
0: Okay, Jonathan Jostle's prediction, uh, Culinary will have the contract with the Plaza well in advance of the Super Bowl. No, no, no fear there. Um, But you also just said something that I want to end on uh, about F1 doing it better next year. How can F1 do it better next year? What are your practical recommendations if the powers that be are listening?
1: I, I would say, one, let's build the brand. Let's build the brand around the exceptional experience that everyone had that went to the race. Not everyone had, but the people that went to the race and were given free tickets or saw it for the first time and the parties and the hospitality that was there. Let's build a brand and make it super affordable for locals and Mm. for tourists who aren't necessarily sure that they're F1 fans but are curious and might become an F1 fan. Let's build the brand with them in mind. So let's get the ticket pricing to be the right number. Let's get the hotel pricing to be the right number. Let's convince them all that they'll be able to commute around the city, which obviously was a big concern this year, and build a brand around pricing and experience that's commensurate to what this city has become known for. And then if it blows up the way we all think it would, then where we were in year one is where we'll be in year 10, where everyone's charging record numbers and crazy business. But you got to build the brand and you got to convince people it's worth the money and it's worth the experience. And I think that's where they need to start day one today.
0: Now, something you also have told me in in the past is that whenever you're looking uh, at the metrics of success, that big number always comes up. They're bringing 1.2, 1.7, 1.8 billion dollars or something. Uh, You've also suggested to me that they, they change that to the number above and beyond what would normally come in. Can you explain that? Right.
1: right. You can't say an event brought in X, but without that event, what would we have done? If it's basically the same, then the event didn't bring in anything. It's got to be X minus what you would have done without that event being there. And then you get a better picture of where where it would have been.
0: So, last word, Jonathan, what do you think the picture is going to show with the numbers on F1 uh, as far as economic impact for our community?
1: I'm not sure you're ever going to get a real good answer on that, David. I'm not sure you're ever going to get real details on those. But I think I think again, if it's if it shows these great gaming numbers, which it probably will, it can't come from a handful or a thousand people when the city relies on three hundred and fifty thousand people to fill up, because those thousand people are spread between four places.
0: If if numbers are really real numbers are going to come out, and you had to set the line for it, Jonathan, as a person who runs a betting place,
1: leave me alone. What do you think that number is going to be? I can't tell you. I don't will
0: you know. trust the number that will come out of the mouths of uh, those who typically give those numbers?
1: Sure, why not?
0: Well. I know why not. And I was listening to your podcast and talking with Jeremy Aguero. So, and I do recommend that people do check that out. Um, Not just the episode with Jeremy Aguero, but all the episodes of On the Corner of Main Street, the podcast that uh, you host coming out of the Plaza Hotel. Thank you. Hey, Jonathan Jossel, thank you so much for uh, coming and talking about this with us here on CityCast Las Vegas.
1: Thank you, David. See you soon.
0: That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, well, why wouldn't you? But go tell a friend too. Then rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our brilliant morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Until then, stay lucky. that is on the corner of main. Oh, wait, is that, it's on the corner of main street, right? Oh, really? Okay. No, you Uh, messed up mine. I'm going to get your, on the corner of main street.
1: Oh, trust me. I know where you're going with this. I messed up yours. Here we go. Yep. I know.